This episode is dedicated to the major arcana card, the Tower. My guest and I discuss the problems with seeing the world through righteous eyes and the reality that we're all fragile and fallible. Allowing ourselves to learn from our mistakes is an essential part of spiritual evolution. Here's a Tower Journal prompt. Write about a time when the world you thought you knew shattered. What truths did this eruption reveal to you about life and reality? How did this first impact you? And how does it impact you now? Karina Rosella is a folk herbalist, flower essence practitioner, and tarot reader and teacher based on the unceded Coahuila lands known as the Mojave Desert. They're the former host of the Rise Up Good Witch podcast and taught Tarot School for Liberation from 2020 to 2022. They currently run an apothecary, witch shop, and community workshop space outside Joshua Tree National Park called Milk Thistle. Hello, Karina. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with me. Hi, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. Well, I have to ask you the question I ask every person that comes on because it's the question that one of the questions that I love the most. How did you come to tarot? Did you have a family that was already involved in tarot? Was it a community thing? Did you find it yourself? What was your journey to tarot cards in general? Yeah, so I come, I very much come from a family of skeptics and I'm a a very Capricorn heavy person. So my journey to tarot was not, I don't know if anyone's journey to tarot is easy. So I don't necessarily want to say it wasn't easy, but I think that there was a lot of steps and a lot of uncoverings that I had to do. And I did, well, there's two answers to that question, really. Um, Something I've actually never talked about anywhere, I think, and not on a podcast before, is I actually, as a child, always had this idea that I was going to be a witch when I was older, that I was a witch and I was going to be a professional witch. And I haven't really talked about that, um, but I had a memory. I don't remember a ton about my childhood, um, but I had a memory a couple of years ago that when I was about seven or eight, my mom took me to a psychic fair and I was looking at all the tarot decks. And um, I, a few years ago, when I was, you know, began doing tarot as a full-time job, um, along with herbalism, I, I asked my mom about that. And I said, why did you take me there? And she said, well, because you were a psychic, um, which is really funny. Cause like my parents are, my mom is very skeptical. Um, but how I came to tarot in my adult life, um, I was around 27, 28 it wasn't quite my Saturn return. I'm 41 now for context. Um, and I actually was like really struggling with an eating disorder, um, really seriously. And I didn't feel like I had a way out. I felt like, you know, eating disorders are the experience I think is very, very similar to having an addiction. You don't feel like there's a way out, um, when you're in the thick of it. And, um, you know, I also was having, I also was drinking a lot at the time. And I had this moment where I was like, there has to be a way for me to like overcome what I'm doing. And I went into an herb shop and bought the Smith Rider weight deck. Um, and I just started carrying it around. I still have that deck. Um, and I was traveling a little bit and I just started giving, 
you know, I was giving myself readings every day. It was really difficult. Um, I think tarot is a wonderful tool for assessing your own ego and how your own ego can show up and actually sabotage you. Um, so I was, you know, dealing with a lot of that and I just started giving other people readings. I would meet people and say, um, I'm learning this thing. I, I want, you know, I'm a kinesthetic learner. I want to practice. And people would just be like, how did you know that? How did you know that? How are you this good at this? And you just started. And that's when I really felt like the call to, um, do it professionally. And I kind of like started down that path for a couple of years, life got in the way. And then I was just doing it for fun. And then in, uh, 2018, I created right or 2017, I created Rise Up Good Witch and moved my life towards doing it professionally. That's awesome. You know, I I have a a, a sim, semi similar story. I, my my family's skeptics. I nobody's psychic. No one you know claims to have intuition. It's all you know left brain or if it's right brain, it's music. It's not you know anything to do with this kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah I, I I understand that. I think I've met a lot of people who dealt with a blockage for a long time, even if it wasn't a blockage they de- they didn't they didn't realize they had. You know, like it was like I didn't know that this was going to be such a, an integral part of my life. I didn't know that this was something I was like quote unquote missing. And it's mm-hmm. so funny you said that you that you <laughs> that you knew you were going to grow up to be a witch because I swear to you a week if it, maybe a week ago maybe three days ago I don't know I said to myself I was like am I doing the thing I thought I was going to do so long ago? And I just did, it didn't even occur to me that that's the full circle of the situation. So that is so, it's, it's really nice to hear from, you know, in in my own life that other people have had that experience of like, it just kind of finds you again, or or you, you kind of get called. It's not really, um, like you can't escape it. And when you do that's, that is when, you know, addictions, I think a lot of times get really a hold of you because you don't have a spiritual outlet. In, in any way. Yeah. And just so, like we live in yeah. a really difficult world, you know, it's like really hard to cope yeah. with the world we live in. So we kind of create all kinds of barriers to survive. And then, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry, no, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's why I'm really excited to talk to you also, because it's about liberating in a more, let's say theoretical way or cerebral way, um, which is like the swords, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what's the truth and when you know the truth, you can really get set free because you're not so confined or, or um, hooked or, or, you know, trapped by something that's that you don't even know is happening because it's something to do with like a stereotype or a social construct or something like that. But that is a lot of the things that I think both of us with skeptical households, or at least just not non-accessible, how there's nothing around, like there's nothing there to really relate to you to or to feel good with in that way. And so it's like, you have to kind of find your own truth, even if it's, Maybe not against people, but it's not, you know, anything anyone can say, oh, I understand what you're feeling and, and I understand where you're going. And actually go, go to the left, go that way. You, if you go to the right, it'll take way longer. You know, it's like nobody's there to say anything. Yeah. So, um, you, like I said, you've been able to translate this, uh, this deck in a very unique way. Was it your community work, your social work, your, you know, just reaching out to marginalized or forgotten or, you know, just uh, on the on the periphery 
uh, communities in all sorts of ways. Was that what helped you translate the cards into this more, I'd, I'd say just like a higher philosophy, like just sort of like a, a really, um, not euphoric, but like, I, like an actual connecting kind of way. Like I, it feels like, you know, in a community and like looking at each other as like an equals and like being there with each other on a more cerebral level. Right. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting question because I don't, I feel like I, I sort of use the metaphor of like a soup for a lot. I'm a, I love eating soup. It's like my favorite food, but also I just feel like sometimes things need to brew for a while. Like all the flavors need to come together. And, um, I've been doing like, you know, on some level activism community organizing since I was uh, 18 years old. Um, That was a place that I put a lot of my energy because, you know, I've dealt with a lot of mental health stuff, a lot of trauma. And um, I think that I channeled a lot of that anger into social justice work. And like my early years, I was like an annoying white kid, you know, like doing social justice work with no like (laughs) personal understanding of how I was showing up. So I try to own that a lot. Um, But I think like to me for a really long time, and I did, I was actually, I don't talk about this very much either, but I actually like went through a period in my twenties where I was super into yoga and I got my teacher training and that was really just to fuel my eating disorder. Um, so it's not really something I do, but I think during that time I was sort of like, okay, I come from this background of like leftist politics, like punk rock. And yet like I'm doing yoga and like learning how to like focus my brain, um, is so important to me, but like, that doesn't, that's like not aligned with the other things that I do. So I think in that time of my life, I felt really disconnected from, like, I was like, And then also that feeling of like, who am I to heal? Like my life hasn't been that bad. Like, why do I need healing? Just buck up and do a better job, Karina. And I think like tarot ultimately is like a big call out. Um, And that's the way it should be used. A lot of people don't want to use it that way. So I think like for me, I have, you know, I've been studying leftist politics since I was a teenager those are the frameworks that I see the world in. And when I say leftist politics to be, you know, more specific, I'm talking about acknowledging that the personal is political, that capitalism harms us on individual levels, um, that systems of power over affect our relationships to one another. They affect our access to healing. And I think like when people work with tarot without acknowledging the way that systems of oppression and larger structures can harm us and like have really detrimental and often deadly effects on our lives. Um, there's a missing piece there. So when I look at tarot, I, I really, it's been informed by my own life, honestly, like a lot of what I teach is just based on my own life lessons or the things that I've seen happen in my communities, um, or the things that I've seen, the harms that have been caused in community. Um, And getting, you know, getting older, I mean, now that I'm in midlife, it's an interesting time um, when you arrive at that place, I think, because suddenly you're like, okay, I have a scope now. I have a scope of time. Like I was an adult more than 20 years ago still. And I have this, so I can see sort of like when you're 21 and you're really like learning about stuff and like super passionate, very night energy. I always call it like night energy when people are like that. But, very um, knight energy. Very knight yeah. of swords too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Knight of swords is the person that reposts the meme without fact checking it is like what I say about that is so 
real that yes please continue but that is very real yeah that's what i talked about a lot in tarot school for liberation was like knight of swords like someone who's well-intentioned but they're mis they're spreading misinformation you know um knight of wands someone who's taking actions without thinking about it um and i think like when you're young you see things in this vacuum because you've only had and, and, you know, like lots of 22 year olds have been through lots. I had been through lots of that time, but it was still like, you have this scope that's narrow because of not being alive as many years as an elder. And then I think when you get older, you're like, I can see the um, trajectory more easily because I can see the way things have changed over time. So I don't really know if that answers like your original question. Oh yeah, that does. That's really, that's actually exactly what I wanted to hear was, you know, that this has been a part of your life forever, that this is just something you naturally gravitate towards. This is something that you think um, is a huge part of our mindset, our our social construct without us really either knowing, or even if we do know a little bit, we don't know what, what honestly, I think you, especially looking through the tarot being so systematic and like having very breakdowns of a ideas of what, you know, different things could be, especially like we got swords, we have pentacles, we have what swords would be, like you said, misinformation or, or the truth in like a harsh way. Pentacles is money, capitalism, or, or are you putting your, your, um, your talents to use in a way that feels good to you, you know, or, or there's so many different things that the, I mean, we can say government, it's, it's like, it's all like a fabric at the, you know, it's all, it's all, you know, connected on, on a community level, on a personal level, on a governmental level that, it's important that this is a perspective that we look at and you're right because when we're young, you know, I, I agree with you. I will say, um, I do forgive younger me, you, everybody, because it is, uh, that's where we kind of learn our fight. You know, that is where the, the optimism and the expectations of what life should be and what it should be for everybody. And, you know, everything, every new movement is young. Every new um, idea is young. Everything is is kind of figuring out its sea legs. And then it gains its own experience and then becomes that elder figure. Some of us learn through mistakes, like the Knight of Wands. Some of us yeah. learn through, um, you know, hurting people's emotions or going into things too, too haphazardly, like the Knight of Cups. You know, mm-hmm. there's, so I, I agree, but I, I think that's when I have those moments of like, I should have been more informed of X, Y, Z. I'm like, if I was more informed, I think I'd been too tired and just would have given up already at 25. I would have not even gotten here. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. So tarot for liberation, you brought it up. So, and you have another um, course out right now called three of three of pentacles right now, right? That's your 10 month long course yeah. with like a panel of tarot readers. Are you one of the panel? Are you on, on the panel as well? Or is it? Yeah, all? I'm the co- so every month I have a different collaborator um, that comes on and we sort of like and, and the reason I wanted to do that is because I don't want to be like, I'm an expert. I know everything I want to bring in people that have differing opinions than me that have different perspectives, um, different skill sets. Um, but the three of pentacles was really developed based on teaching tarot school for liberation for about two years, all the, you know, it was a very intensive two years of, of teaching tarot school for liberation, or I guess it was three years. Cause it was, I started it, um, April, 2020, which was a really, that's one of the reasons I think that it took off. You know, that was, I was like, 
I never was, people were always like, why don't you teach tarot? And I was like, well, I just don't feel like tarot can be taught. And every time I teach something, um, and I know that you, I, from listening to your podcast, I know that you identify as psychic. So I think this is sort of like a psychic thing. Every time I have a class or an offering, it's, it's again, it's that soup. It's been brewing. And then I wake up one day and I'm like, I got the outline. I got everything. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I had a moment, I think late April, uh, early May, where I suddenly was like, oh my God, teaching tarot as a tool for liberation in the context of late capitalism, um, unlearning systems of oppression within us while also like doing trauma informed work. And I really, it just was a concept that I was suddenly like, I can do this. Um, and you know, then like the George Floyd stuff happened and we had an uprising for black lives and, um, the pandemic was making everyone talk about accessibility issues. And I think it was just like the moment that it came to fruition was the moment where it was like the medicine that people needed. People wanted to talk about privilege and they didn't really know how they wanted to talk about trauma healing in the context of late capitalism. So I think like it, it really came together, but you know, I'm by, by like my education, my, I have a master's degree in applied anthropology. Anthropology is not a job where you can like go on Craigslist and like search for like a job in anthropology. It's something that you apply to everything you do. So I think for me, one of those things, um, having a background in research was any time that I offer something, I get the feedback of the people that took it. And then I create something different based on their feedback. So for me, I really created three of pentacles because I got feedback on Tarot School for Liberation about what was missing and what they wanted to know more about. So my idea with Tarot School, and I really believe this in my teaching style, um, we can't just be like, here's the page of cups. This means X, Y, and Z. Oh, and then you got the Hierophant, which means this. There has to be a way to apply the concepts in the cards to each other. And to, and like using your own intuition, using like channeling, psychic ability, ancestral connection. It can't just be like, you know, this card is in a vacuum and this means this and this means this. So I want to help people learn to do that. I want to help people learn how to like apply different concepts. That is so much about what anthropology is about. So it was easy for me to look at it that way. Um, and really what I, you know, a lot of what I do as a tarot teacher is I encourage people to get to the root of what it is, whether that be like a trauma, it's usually a trauma that has created like a self-limiting belief that makes them doubt themselves, that makes them doubt their perspective. Because I really only started identifying as psychic in the, even like in the, you know, a couple of years into doing Rise Up Good Witch. And it wasn't because I wasn't, it was because I, I'm a skeptical person. And I was like, well, I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know when anyone's going to die. So I guess I'm not psychic, you know? And um, that's actually a question that we ask ourselves. If we don't really know we're psychic, well, like, well, if I can't yeah. tell when someone's going to die, then I obviously am not psychic. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which now I'm like, you know, I, I think about this and I was talking to my tarot students about this in our, in a, I think I talk about this all the time. For me personally, I don't really believe in fate. I think there's a little tiny bit of fate out there for us, but I think most of it is up to us. 
So like I couldn't tell someone when they're going to die or when they're going to meet their next boyfriend or whatever, because like that's up to them. And like if I go in there as a reader and I'm like, oh, you're going to meet them in September and you're going to die in 19 or not 19, like 2031, you know, that is me trying to play God or like me thinking that I have the power. And really what I tell people regularly in readings is I say, you, I, I, I've probably said this a hundred times and now I own a shop and I do readings that people walk off the street. I tell them you could walk outside today and get hit by a semi and die. There is nothing, which maybe is not the best bedside manner, but I'm just like, I can't tell you what's going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. But what I can see, um, when I'm doing readings is I can see where the cycle is. And the cycle, understanding your own pattern, understanding what's hidden in your subconscious, understanding your own barriers is the best way to predict what's going to happen. Like if someone has a history of blowing it, like I'm totally going on a different topic. Is that okay? Yes, please. Yes. (laughs) Um, Like if someone has a history of blowing up all their relationships, getting angry and, you know, they don't they can't be around the same person for more than six months. Um, I can't predict that's going to happen again, but if you haven't dealt with that, it's probably going to happen again, you know, or like addiction, you know, those patterns. And, and I learned that from looking at my own, you know, drug and alcohol abuse, my own eating disorder is just like you, the only way you can predict the future is by looking at the past and seeing what's not healed from the past. Um, Yeah. I don't even think that's off topic. I don't think I don't think that's off topic at all because I think what you said about anthropology and it's an applied study that is recognizing that tarot is I mean if you look at it, it like the alphabet it can be anything. You know, it's not a, a fixed thing. It's actually best if you know what your angle is or if you know what your your energy uh is for it, you know, because then the person who needs you will know they need you. This is kind of also our way of making sure that you know what you're getting when you come to us. Because if you want somebody who is more, let's say, along the, I don't know, I'm not going to say traditional, but like, let's say what we kind of imagine them to be, which is, I have a question about, you know, when I'm going to get married and, you know, how many children I'm going to have and, you know, things that are a bit more traditional, you know, it's just like old world maybe, because that's really what was so, it's still important now, but there's so many people now that can do so many different things and be so many different things that we, we aren't as limited in the way that we can read anymore. And so people are recognizing that they have an addiction or they have a problem or they, they need to be talked to by somebody that can get in there and not just, you know, tell them, it's a band-aid kind of statement or, um, you know, try to get more money out of them or, you know, cause that's a lot of times what people, when, when you come to somebody who's like a cycle breaker, you, you, you can be fooled because you are at a state of desperation. Most mm-hmm. likely you are in a state of, of, I just need some answers. So to have somebody like you, who's so, um, outspoken about who you are as a tarot reader, the things that you offer, it just gives, you know, the right person or the person who really needs you a big old neon sign that's like, I need to understand where I'm, you know, sabotaging myself, where I need to forgive myself, 
the realities of what I'm experiencing um, in a, a more relatable way than just, uh, you know, not even just, but like sometimes what the only thing we usually can find, which is um, maybe other people who kind of understand us, but somebody like you who's also, they're they're giving you permission to see them in that vulnerable state and to, and to open their psychology or their mind up to your interpretation and to your, maybe your reframing and maybe your um, just whatever it is you offer them that hopefully pulls a little bit off their heart. Right. So I think that's, that's mm -hmm. exactly on topic. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, and thank you for saying that. I, I want to make it clear to everybody that I'm a work in progress. Um, a lot of what I teach are things that I'm still learning. And I think there's something that really frustrates me and has frustrated me for many, many years is the kind of like spiritual ego and spiritual narcissism that comes up with people that claim to be healers. You know, I don't even want to say claim. Amen. Maybe <laughs> they have that. Yeah. But I think there's this, the idea of like, it's, it's such a, 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 a fragile egg to, to help people heal because they really, it's not even like I'm healing anyone. It's like the, you helps you will become a catalyst for them reaching within themselves and finding that power that they have to heal themselves. Um, because we're all just, the only mission that we have in life is to like be a human, you know, like we're not, we're not really. And I think like, you know, as a former social worker, um, I, I think in my younger years, I fell very much into a trap of like, I don't like myself and I feel like I'm a bad person, but if I go and help all these other people, I can get validation from that and feel better about myself. And the, the truth of the matter is like, the only way to heal is to, you know, heal yourself. You can't heal the world around you. Um, and, and like how, and feel better about like your own wounding. Like the only way to get through those wounds is to go into them. Um, not do nice things for someone else, um, to feel bad about your own like misgivings or whatever. So that is a thing that I'm very sensitive to. I'm very sensitive to when I hear people, um, utilize a lot of like spiritual ego type language. Um, because, and we know that those, a lot of those people end up doing massive amounts of harm. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. well, it's like, I think you even saying that you have a panel of people because you want to make sure that not only are you um, not confronted because that's not the purpose of it, but that, that your opinion is, is well-rounded or rounded out by other people's opinions. As long as everybody has probably a, a general stance of wanting to do good for society and everything else is yeah. probably free game. And that is not, you can't have a narcissistic ego in that type of situation. You have to have a communal ego or at least a humble enough ego. And you're absolutely right. I think that the, probably the fastest way to tell when we've got an, a narcissistic ego in the room is the second somebody says, my way is the way. And that just doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. You know, I mean, it, it's um, something you probably maybe have wanted to hear, meaning you in a general sense, like somebody saying, oh, I hearing, you know, I'm what do what I tell you to do, right? Because that's what religion is based on. It's like, do as I tell you to do, and you will achieve or receive the things that you're looking for. And a lot of that is healing because a lot of people are in a lot of emotional pain and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mental pain, no matter how, uh, 
at the upper echelon, some of them. I mean, how many how many of these people keep, you know, often themselves that have absolutely everything, you know what I mean? Or what we would perceive to be absolutely everything. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's very good that um, we not only stay humble in the sense that we do not know everything. That's not what a psychic's job really is. I think a psychic's job is to be whatever the person needs that you're willing to give. And, you know, if you are a person who who feels really connected to a certain perspective of life, then that's going to be an easy flow for you. If you're a person who likes to to let people come to you in all sorts of ways, that's going to be an easy flow for you. But I'm that's actually something I also I mean, I don't know exactly how I'm going to incorporate it. But over time, it's like I need to I want I like off shooting people. I'm like, you know, if I can see a trauma, I, I probably don't know how to heal it, but I can see it. Mm-hmm. And if I can see it, then I have a list of people or a a, um, a list of books or a list of, you know, um, whatever I found that I can say, you know, you might want to check this out instead of saying, you know, come back to me. And if you would like to come back to me, you can, but I'm probably not, I'm probably not the way anymore. Maybe you needed this conversation to to realize, oh, that is probably something that's affecting me more than I want to admit or I didn't realize, like, what, one thing I tell a lot of people about is EMDR. A lot of people don't know about EMDR. And it's like, that that right there is like just having somebody, I don't need to be psychic to tell you, you probably need EMDR. <laughs> like, or, you know, if you, you, have, you have trauma that you can't remember, or like you have like circumstances or happenings you can't remember or access. So like, it's so important to just be an empathetic person on top of, you know, if, if you have to go further and further. So I completely agree. And I also just think that you bringing that and pushing that to the forefront, making sure people know that is probably why you also had a lot of people come to you in 2020, because there's a a lack of humility or at least displayed because it's not what we consider to be uh, powerful in some way or executive. Yeah. And that's interesting. And I got to thinking um, with some of the things you said, because I do, I do think like one of the reasons I don't go by rise of good witch anymore. I gave the podcast away is while I don't think that I've ever been a person with a spiritual ego. I do think that I had like a social justice ego. Um, and you know, I made all those memes that were really popular. And now honestly, I can't imagine even making a meme because I'm like, Oh, why would, why did I feel that because like a traumatic thing happened in the so-called United States, um, like a police murder or like an encampment on the border or something. Why do I think that a meme with my hot take is like such an important thing to do? And I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have been like, I feel like maybe I'm an anarchist because of reading what you wrote. Or like, I feel like I've learned a lot about like how my privilege shows up and that's great. But I also was like, I don't want, like, I, I say a lot, I always said, like, I'm not positioning myself as an expert, but you have to look at the way your actions line up with your words. And I really have had to do that. And I I love being a teacher. And I think that I'm a good teacher. I think that's like a skill that I just have. Like, I think it's like a gift that I have. So I want to do it. But then I'm always as a teacher, again, recognizing it's that egg. It's a responsibility. I talk about, I love talking about court cards. Um, and I, and because it's hard for people, a lot of people are really confused about court cards. Um, and I was thinking about this today cause I, I'm a shop owner now. And even like when I taught tarot school for liberation, I remember being like, okay, Karina, you have to level up to King now. 
you can't be acting like a knight when you, you know, cause I, yes. think yeah, like I think it's a problem with a lot of the leadership we see in the society. Did 45 act like a, no, like he acted like a knight, always getting triggered, always reactive, like doing things to harm other people because his ego was wounded. That's knight behavior. And when you get more access in society, whether that be cultural influence or actual like wealth and power, you have a responsibility to be in the king energy. Um, and what I mean by that is you have the responsibility to kind of like hold down the fort and like put your insecurities on the back burner because you can't have your insecurities be like, you can't be like having them run the show. That's a knight behavior. Um, and the king is supposed to be mentoring the knight to be like, we don't do that, you know, because eventually the knight will be the king. And the king is self-actualized, right? So yeah. it doesn't have anything to prove anymore. Right. It's just the, and that's uh, when I looked at court cards, like maturity levels, it really opened it up for me. I mean, I can, I still see it in so many other ways as well, but with the majority of questions that people have with people that people ask me, you know, if it's subjective or if it's, you know, um, spiritual or something like it's so much easier to look at this as, you know, you're, you're going through a maturing process, but at the same time, each process is really important, but exactly like what you said, where are you in life and what court card is coming up? If you're in a, if you are in a king position, but a knight keeps coming up, you might want to look at how you're handling yourself or how you're, you know, and that's that calling out. Like you said, it's like, well, this is, this is the, this is the energy of an immature, it, be it, be it, um, confident and self, uh, trying to self-actualize, pushing themselves to be something more, but it's still in that immature way. So when you, so I want to go back to Tarot School for Liberation. Like I know, <laughs> let me pull this apart for people because I said Tarot School for Liberation and then I literally right after that I said Three of Pentacles. So Three of Pentacles is what's going on right now for 10 months through 2023. Tarot School for Liberation you had from 2020, 2020 to 2022. You may be reviving it. You're considering it. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to go a little bit into that because you you wrote how you kind of see some of these cards in the way we've been talking about in this sort of mental liberation or, you know, even like, I love that you're also saying that it's not just liberation of like, you're, this is where the the man is keeping you down, but it's also like, this is where you're keeping you down, honey. Like you keeping yeah. you, this, this yeah. both, like we are, you're a part of this. Like I had, I had, um, that was one of my dark night of the soul realizations. The, the liberator for me was, it doesn't matter. Like, it matters what happened to you because I had a tra I had traumatizing past. Um, it matters. It's not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't mean that you are not a part of your everyday life. You still are, you know, I was had night energy, right? I was acting out because I didn't want, to, what's the word? Like I didn't I, I don't think I really wanted my trauma to go away. I don't think I knew who I was without it. I didn't yeah. think I could be a king. I didn't think I could be a queen. I didn't even think I could be a nurturing person or nurture anything. It was just all I thought I could be was chaotic. And until I, you know, came to that, one of those, you know, many mirrors that we come to with uh, Dark Nights of the Soul. That was one of the ones from Saturn Return, too. Um, right? Like, it was just like, you're, you know... 
whatever you think you are in your mind, whatever, you know, whatever's going on back here or whatever's going on in the future, whatever, you're still here every single day. And every single day, it's either getting compounded or it's getting healed every single day. And that depends on what you put out in the world. It's not just what comes at you. It's what you do, you know? So what do you do with the thing that comes at you? King of Cups. What do you do, you know, when everybody else is, is you know, it needs you emotionally? Are you able to be that person? Are you able to have a vision, you know, that you can work towards in terms of pentacles maybe or a vision you can be excited about in terms of wands? You know, like how do you kind of be the executive of your own life? And it was just very scary for me because what if I couldn't do it? What if I couldn't, you know... What if I couldn't handle that? What if I would crumble underneath all that pressure? And that's like, I'm hearing it now. I was not hearing it back then. The knights don't hear that. <laughs> it's yeah. not, there's no voice. There wasn't even a voice with shadow work. I bet you, you've had that experience too. It's like the healing process is so quiet. It's so quiet that like, I'd say 90% of my healing process, I can speak it out loud because of hindsight. I couldn't tell you what actually healed me. There were so many things that that happened that did it. I don't I mean there's definitely things that were a lot more like facilitated it a little bit easier. But so so this tarot school for liberation for a lot of people is so important because we're told all the time that you're the problem. And it's not that like we said it's not that sometimes you aren't the problem, but sometimes it's not you that's the problem. Sometimes, you know, like I have to tell some people like, man, sorry, sometimes we we born in the time period we don't want to be in. So we're just going to have to like work on where we are right now, you know? So when you, so you wrote about majors in this tarot for liberation, you wrote that the majors, you like reframed it for this liberating or this, you know, kind of social justice mindset. And I, I can see where that would be in the devil, definitely the tower, um, the emperor, obviously. But like, what would you say to, about ones that were a bit more soft or ones that we want? Like, what? how would you see the, the empress in this kind of liberating construct? Yeah. So I think that's an interesting question about the empress, because people tend to be really heteronormative and like, really married to like very traditional gender roles with the empress they're like oh motherhood you must be getting pregnant whereas to me you know thinking about the astrological association of the empress um as being earth and relating to venus um we see in like the smith rider wait there's this like lush landscape around this person and what i think about the empress is the empress knows how to hold their own and they also have they have really good boundaries they have a they have an awareness of where their capacity is at um and they don't they they aren't available for um they're not available like to drain themselves um in order to make someone else happy so a lot of times to me when the empress comes up it's like what are you doing to to sustain yourself and to prevent burnout you know and i think that can be really liberating within that and then you know people always think of like the empress and emperor as like the mother and father, but really like a lot of times the empress shows up when you need more resources. Um, and you oftentimes like, don't, you don't believe that you deserve them. Um, and you know, I think also the empress can be a, you know, like it can represent like a mother wound or like an ancestral wound as well that comes up, but it is an opportunity to forgive yourself. Um, and to be aware of, 
what context you're living in. There was something about what you said that reminded me when you were talking about like, I don't know where my healing came from. It's, it's subtle. I saw this TikTok like a few months ago um, where someone said, you know, healing doesn't mean that you like are doing everything perfectly. It means you can look at yourself like a past you when you were being the most horrible, awful, wounded person and to love that person. And I like just immediately started crying because I was like, that is so hard. Yes. So, like, yeah. I think that actually that is sort of one of the teachings of the Empress is to accept the reality. And kind of like what you were saying, there was something else you said that made me think, you know, you and and oftentimes like I've been I think about this when someone harms me or when someone has hurt me. I'm like that those or when I've caused harm, you know, those were the tools that myself or that person had at that moment. They were working with the tools they had. I've been rethinking that now because I, I think that people that are perpetually manipulative, um, I, I guess that is their tool. I guess that is their tool. Um, but, you know, we don't have to accept those tools. So that's another thing. The Empress doesn't accept, you know, like somebody's manipulative tools toolkit that they're using. Like the Empress is very much about being in your integrity. Um, and oftentimes, yeah, like it does it. And a lot of times like what a card means, it, it, it alters depending on what other cards are around it. But, but also I think, um, the card, what it means doesn't mean that that's exactly, I don't know if I can explain this correctly. It doesn't mean that's exactly the message for you. It can be about a deficit, whether, you know, and that can come through if it's reversed. I'm not like a big, I do read reversals sometimes, but I'm not like a big believer in reversals all the time. But I think also like those themes that come up with a card, like the Empress, it's like, what part of this do you want to liberate yourself from? Like, do you feel like you're getting back what you're putting in um, with the people in your life? Do you feel like you're sustaining yourself? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating the right foods? Are you getting enough sleep? You know, the Empress is, it, it's, a, it's a card that represents our accountability towards that. Karina and I continue our conversation reframing the cards and discuss the real meaning and power behind the kings. If you'd like to hear the rest of the episode, you can stream it using the link in the bio section or consider joining the Aquarium Plus, where for only $5 a month, you can hear this full episode, all past full episodes, all future full episodes, receive monthly tarot readings, get exclusive discounts on future offerings, and more. I hope to see you at the next episode. Blessed be.